quite unusual. Hey, hi, and welcome. We are the ladies of the Quite Unusual Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Noelle. And the Quite Unusual Podcast is a podcast that talks about, well, stuff that is quite unusual. Quite unusual. Descriptive, we know. Um, (laughs) Anyways, we cover things from ghost stories to murders. And this week, I guess you can say we're covering a story that could be somewhat a crossover of both, depending on your theories. So, Noelle, what are we talking about this week? We are talking about Elisa Lamb. Yes, we are. So exciting. Yes. If you haven't heard of this case, buckle up because it is a wild ride. And we actually did some research. We, I watched a doc. Did you watch that documentary? I didn't. I watched a different documentary. Okay. Well, I watched a really weird out there documentary about her and then what 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 did you watch i watched one about the hotel that Mm. she died in called the cecil Mm. which is very exciting and i'm very excited to talk about it yeah this is a this case is one that for me just i i I really can't say it's it's so crazy (laughs) it's a thing that like I don't know. I feel like a lot of people get obsessed over it. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, you can go down many rabbit holes with this one. Oh my god! The other day I was so on many. Reddit for like nine hours. <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah. lie to you. Just, it's amazing. There's so much to this story, and when you brought up that you wanted to do a podcast yes. on it, I was so excited. Yeah, yeah. So I guess without further ado, shall we get into it? Yes. Okay. So. I guess we shouldn't spoil things. Most people, I think, who listen to this probably already know what happens. But I think we should first start off with who Elisa was. That's a good place to start. Let's talk about her before we talk about what happened to her. Yeah. So Elisa Lamb was born on April 30th, 1991. So she's... Right around our age. Yeah. I was born in December of 90. I was born in February 91. So if you guys want to get us birthday presents, it's coming up. <laughs> yeah. So we, I mean, in just reading and doing my research on her, I, I kind of felt connected to her. And maybe it's mm-hmm. because we're similar in age. But so she's also the daughter of immigrants from Hong Kong. Her parents moved from Hong Kong to Canada and opened a restaurant in Burnaby, just outside of Vancouver. And Elisa also went by her Cantonese name, Lam Ho Yi. Oh, that's really pretty. Yeah, it is. So Elisa attended the University of British Columbia, and I couldn't find exactly what she was studying or what year she was. If she were on track, she should have been a senior at the time in 2013. But she wasn't actively enrolled in college at that time. Because Elisa had other issues that prevented her from this. You know, I also looked up to see if I could find what she was studying. Mm -hmm. I was just curious because, I mean, like you said, I feel sort of this connection to her in a way. I don't know if it's because we're both like women of like the same age Mm -hmm. or whatever, but I couldn't find too much information about her or who she was. Yeah. And you'll see. So I mostly found who she was from her social media accounts oh oh. they're they're still up really yeah so so just everyone to look at those so 
Elisa was diagnosed with depression and bipolar disorder, which sometimes consumed her whole life. Understandable. Mm -hmm. She was very active on the internet. Like I said, she posted about her struggle with her diagnosis on her blog called Ether Fields. It's still up. Suggest you take a look at it. And then she later switched over to a Tumblr account called Novelle Nouveau. Do you remember Tumblr? I never used Tumblr. I what? realized by going through her Tumblr that I have absolutely no idea how to use Tumblr. Oh, man. I feel like it was <laughs> Tumblr. And then what was that one? Zanga. Zanga. Yes. <laughs> Zanga. I never used either. And then MySpace was MySpace. like the big social media. I got into it for MySpace. That's yeah. when I started with the social meets. Yeah. <laughs> but Tumblr, no fucking idea what I was doing going through her Ooh. Tumblr. And Zanga, I never, ever did that. But. Well, we're going to post the links to those on our social meets. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want to check it out, it's kind of spooky. Yeah. So I want to read to you guys her bio on Tumblr just to get a sense of who she was So it starts off, this is the title, it says, Do not speak unless it improves silence. And she says, I don't know how to explain myself, and I have a feeling that I never will know who I am, so instead of an abstract and useless description, I will assure you that I am not a nut job that hunts for their next victim on the internet. Whoa. (laughs) I, however, will think everyone else is a pedophile, thanks to To Catch a Predator. I'm logical like that. All right, pause. Mm-hmm. we all think that way mm-hmm. right yeah yeah so absolutely i just got goosebumps elisa are you here with us <laughs> so she continues here are some bullet points i'm a 20 something student in canada i have no idea which is crossed out so she says i have some idea what i'm studying I have typical 20-something issues, specifically bipolar depression, and every now and then I'll talk about it sarcastically. And that's what I found a lot, is that she, yeah. she's very sarcastic. I like that. I like it too. Yeah. It's like that dark humor. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's exactly how she was. Um, so she continues with, despite saying I hate people a lot, same, I actually enjoy and require human interaction, but my inability to go outside means I'll only contact the outside world anonymously and over the internet. That's very sad to me. She says, feel free to ask a silly question. It could be an awkward, magical adventure for us both. Well, this is has that whole, like, I'm quirky, mm-hmm. I'm random, like, early 2000s it's, vibe to yes, it. That was... That was us. A hundred percent. Totally us. Would have been friends with her. I I just wanted to read that because her death was so weird and tragic. And it kind of just overshadows, like you said, how you couldn't really find much about her. It just kind of overshadows her as a person. And I'm glad that her blog and her Tumblr are still up because totally would have been her friend. Right. She's just a normal girl. And this story has so much like mystery and mystique (sighs) behind it. I know. That I just feel like it really brings her back to the real right. world that like she was just a girl. Right. Sometimes people forget that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, both of her accounts, both her blog and her Tumblr, had this quote from Chuck Polinick, And it's, you're always haunted by the idea you're wasting your life. And it's from his novel, Diary. I've never read that, but I do love me some Fight Club. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Nicole's favorite movie. My favorite movie. Yeah. That's a really haunting quote. You're mm-hmm. always haunted by the idea you're wasting your life. 
Yeah. It's kind of actually got a little bit of a fight club-ness to it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I feel like we are all touched that way. Like, we all think that. We've mm-hmm. all thought that at least once. Right. So, Elisa was your typical 21-year-old. She loved Harry Potter. Same. Huge Harry <laughs> Potter fan. She talked about it all the time on her blog and her Tumblr. She listened to My Chemical Romance. She was witty, sarcastic. Like I said, definitely something, someone we would have hung out with. So I want to read an excerpt from her blog, Ether Fields, just to give you some more about who she was. So this one's titled Expecto Patrona. <laughs> you would pick this one. Which is a ode to HP lovers. So she says, depression sucks. I have no control over my emotions. I will be angry for two minutes and then sad again. I will be happy for half an hour and then emotional again. So far, all I've done is lay on my bed and watch episodes of Chopped. Shout out to Chopped. (laughs) Dude, I seriously want to be your friend. I know. She says, I'm just waiting for it to pass. I haven't felt fine in over three years. This relapse makes me feel as though I haven't made any progress at all. I'm not sure why I'm being so candid about my depression, but I suppose if someone else who has depression reads this, we can feel less alone, which is super heartbreaking. So she continues, I have only told a few people. Unfortunately, in the last three weeks, most of these persons have disappointed me. I have severe trust issues, I think. Nobody is infallible. I thought I chose friends carefully, but turns out not really. And that's from November 24th, 2011. That is so sad. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's sad. And it's something that I feel like we can literally all relate to. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we all go through those lulls and ups and downs. And the fact that she was just so open to it, too, and on her blog, I think is important. And yeah, like the way she feel for her. Oh, for sure. And the way she's putting herself out there and saying, like, maybe if someone else feels this way, they'll feel less alone after reading this. Mm -hmm. So she's an empathetic person. She's an emotional person. Yeah. She's all of us, basically. Exactly. And she realizes it, too. That's the thing. She's not crazy she knows that she has bipolar disorder and she's open about it and acknowledges it right so on january 13th 2013 elisa announced that she had booked a flight to explore california so her plan was to visit san diego los angeles santa cruz and san francisco and it was what she was calling her west coast tour very cool So knowing her mental health history and worried by the fact that she was going alone, her family was not too happy about this, but Elisa assured them that she would call them every single day just to let them know she was okay. And on January 22nd, she set out for her West Coast tour starting in San Diego. So she reportedly just got to San Diego, lounged around, stuffed herself with $3 meals, which is what she puts in her tumbler. Okay. Um, She enjoyed the sights of San Diego on her own, one of which was the San Diego Zoo, which she posted pictures of on social media. And she kept her promise to her parents, and every day she gave them a call just to let them know she was okay. This is really important. She's checking in with her mom every Mm -hmm. single day on the phone. She's posting on social media every single day about what she's been up to, Mm -hmm. what she's doing. She's very active. She's very out there. She's basically keeping tabs on herself. Right. So after exploring San Diego, Elisa was ready for her next stop. So she took an Amtrak train down to L.A. 
So on January 26th, 2013, Elisa checks in to the Cecile Hotel. And here is one of the last written posts Elisa made taken from her Tumblr online. And quote, I have arrived in La La Land, and there is a monstrosity of a building next to the place I'm staying. When I say monstrosity, mind you, I'm saying as in gaudy. But then again, it was built in 1928, hence the Art Deco theme. So yes, it is classy. But then, since it's L.A., it went on crack. Fairly certain this is where Baz Luhrmann needs to film The Great Gatsby. Well, if you want to get into some history of the Cecile Hotel, it is quite literally an Art Deco building on crack. Yeah, this hotel is... You would you probably gonna think I'm crazy to say this, but definitely I I would like to stay there. I know you would. <laughs> it's a lot of history. I know you would. <laughs> and you know what? I would stay there too, honestly. But mm-hmm. we will get into its current state of affairs a little bit later. Mm. So when I was researching this hotel, to me it felt like like a black hole or almost like a portal, yes, if you will, from like which evils sort of like release into the world. Ooh. Like and that. it made me think of this Star Wars quote. <laughs> okay. Sorry. When Obi-Wan Kenobi says you'll never see a more wretched hive of scum and villainy, it just gave mm-hmm. me, like, researching it, it just came to my mind. Like, this place is a hive yeah. of evil. Accurate. Very accurate. So the Cecile was built in 1924 by Hotelier, William Banks Hanner as a destination for business travelers and tourists. I have a little picture here, Nicole, if you can see this. Oh, yeah. It looks very chic to me. It says, opens today, December 20th, this brand new giant hotel, 700 rooms. You could get a room with a private bath for $2.50 a night. Wow. Which I did an exchange rate on, and that's less than $40 a night. Wow. I know. I wonder why so cheap. I don't know. Maybe that's just the mm. way it was back then. But it was designed by Loy Lester Smith in the Beau Arts style. The hotel cost $1 million to complete, which is only $15 million in today's money. Oh, only? <laughs> For a giant 700 room, like really um, classy okay. hotel right, in right. LA. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was super opulent. It had a marble lobby, stained glass windows, potted palm trees, which was like blue people's minds. <laughs> it had his opulent staircase and alabaster statues throughout the whole hotel. Yeah, I googled pictures of this hotel and it is fucking beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful, but I couldn't find any pictures from when it opened. Oh. But from what I understand, the lobby looks almost identical. Yeah, it, yeah. I probably saw photos from like nowadays. But yeah. it looks it looks super old and like think of like like she, like Lisa said, Great Gatsby almost. Oh, a hundred percent, absolutely. And when it was built, Hanner, who financed the whole situation, mm-hmm. he invested pretty confidently in the hotel because he knew that there were several other hotels that had been established elsewhere in downtown LA, and they were just swinging joints, right? But. <laughs> What he didn't count on was the Great Depression hitting five years later. Yeah. So it flourished and then it did it. Mm. And then it actually came back a little bit in the 40s. But decades beyond that, it was just like a swift decline. And the area around it became known as Skid Row. Yes. And it became increasingly populated with transients. Mm -hmm. 
So at the time, as many as 10,000 homeless people were estimated to live in just a four-mile radius. Mm -hmm. And by the 1950s, the hotel had gained a reputation as a residence for those just kind of passing through, no good nicks, and a haunt for sex workers and their clients. Did you say no good nicks? I knew you were going to call me on that. (laughs) What is a good nick? No, they're no good nicks. What is a no good nick? They do no good. (laughs) Okay. Why do I only... Oh, I feel like sometimes I say words that no one else understands, and you always try to call me on them, and (laughs) I knew you weren't going to... Oh, I thought about changing it. It kind of fits with, like, the... I feel it's very old-timey to me, though. Yeah. Good... No good nicks. Like, imagine I'm, like, swinging, like, a pocket watch on my hip, and I'm like, here, just a go... No good nick. (laughs) Look at those no good nicks. Oh, honey, stay away from them. They're no good nicks. (laughs) Yeah, so it fits with the theme, so we'll... We'll we'll take it. We'll, well keep it. They're people that do no good. Okay. Okay. They're like bad oh. guys. Right. Scum, mm. if you will. So it was then that the Cecile Hotel basically earned that reputation for being full of no good nicks, mm. uh, for violence and for unfortunately a lot of death. Yeah. In the nineteen thirties alone, the Cecile Hotel was home to at least six reported suicides. A few of the residents ingested poison, others shot themselves, some slit their own throats, which, holy shit, to yeah, do that. That's intense. And then quite a few of them jumped out of bedroom windows. Mm. Mm-hmm. In 1944, a 19-year-old woman named Dorothy gave birth in the middle of the night to a baby she did not know she was pregnant with. Is she the original, I didn't know I was pregnant? I think you can or- only do that like once, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, but she, like, if the show was a- around. Oh, yeah. If she the show. was the OG. <laughs> she was, yeah, she's the OG teen mom. Mm. Well, actually, she thought her baby was dead. <gasps> so she threw it out the window. What? Yeah, and it landed on the roof of a nearby building. She was charged. She pled insanity. And she basically got it- off with, like, a long stint in a psychiatric hospital. Yeah, I mean, even if you, you're pregnant and you don't know it and you have the baby and you're like, oh, no, this is dead. Your first instinct would be to just throw it out the window. I'm going to guess she didn't want it. Oh, uh, yeah. That sounds like a huge lie to me. Yeah. And I saw somewhere that the man that she was like kind of living with at the Cecil was a 35 mm-hmm. year old married man. Mm. So maybe a little more incentive to get rid of that baby. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with the black Dahlia, Elizabeth Short? Um, Absolutely. That's why Dahlias are my favorite flowers. You're so goth. <laughs> Well, contrary to popular belief, there is no record of her actually staying at the Cecile mm-hmm. Hotel. Okay. But the Black Dahlia hung out there quite often, and she was actually seen at the hotel bar a few times before her disappearance and mutilation in 1947. Creepy. Yes. Should I keep going with these really crazy fucked up things that happened at this hotel? <laughs> Please do. Okay. Well, in 1962, a 65-year-old man named George Giannini was walking by the Cecile with his hands in his pockets. That's very important. And he oh. was struck from above by a falling woman. That's right. Pauline Otten, I think, was 27 years old. She jumped from her ninth floor window after an argument with her estranged <gasps> husband his name was Dewey. I'm just going to put this out there. Women, if you're married to a man named Dewey, don't kill yourself over him. Just leave him. That reminds me of Malcolm, Malcolm in the Middle. It's the only time I've ever heard that name. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So she had an argument with her estranged husband, Dewey, jumped out the ninth floor window, fell on George Giannini, 
and killed him and her instantly. I've definitely heard of this because they thought that they jumped together, but then he had his hands in his pockets uh-huh. and that's how they figured out that he was just walking. Yes. What are the chances of that? That's insane. That's very insane. I also saw that from a certain height, your shoes always fall off no matter what. Uh-huh. And he was wearing his shoes and she wasn't. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that's a little fun, fun fact there for you. <laughs> In 1964, a retired telephone operator named, get this, Pigeon Goldie Osgood. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Who had been a well-known and well-liked long-term resident of the hotel was found dead in her room. She had been raped, stabbed, beaten, and all of the things in her room were stolen. Pigeon Goldie, no. I know. I feel so bad for old Pigeon Goldie. Wow. Are you, by chance, familiar with the Night Stalker? Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, so Richard Ramirez, for those of you that don't know, Mm. but I know you all know. (laughs) You know. He is a serial killer with the bone structure of Kate Moss and hair that rivals Farrah Fawcett. Ah, yes. And terrible, terrible rotting teeth. The most disgusting teeth I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) But those cheekbones... That's true. It's true. Well, surprise, surprise. In the 1980s, our friendly neighborhood serial killer <laughs> took up residence at the Cecile. He paid around $14 a night for his room. Wow. It was on the top floor. He was reported to have been seen just covered in blood <gasps> numerous times. No. But unfortunately, that was sort of a thing at the Cecile, so no one really questioned it. Wow. He lived there for most of his berserker mode murder spree. Shit. And then in 1991, the year we were all born. I was born in 90. (sighs) But we'll claim you because you're like right there. It's true. You're right there. Yeah. So in 1991, a copycat killer named Jack Unterweger, I think is how you say this. Unterweger, I'm going to say because he's Austrian. Well, he stayed at the Cecile because of its connection with Richard Ramirez. He would lure sex workers and strangle them with their own bras. So was he like a copycat almost? He was a copycat. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which I'm, dude, I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. Serial killers, I mean, boo. No one likes them, yeah, right? Fuck them. But like to be a copycat serial killer. <laughs> it's the lamest. <laughs> it's the lamest thing ever. It's like, come on. Be original. Okay, so you're going to kill people, but like, I'm only going to kill people because like Richard Ramirez did it. Oh, wait, he's Austrian. I'm only going to kill these women because Richard Ramirez kills them and I want to also kill them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. You fucking suck if you're a serial killer, number one. But if you're a copycat and you don't have your own material, that sounded so bad. Not that... Not material, but well, you, you know, know what you mean. You, you it's know. like you didn't even arrive at this by yourself. You weren't no, like, you yeah. woke up one day and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to kill a bunch of people. You just wanted to be like someone. You That's so lame. lame. Be yourself, man. Be yourself. Be yourself. Be yourself. <laughs> Don't be a copy a killer. Mm-mm. Be yourself. Let's put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. So actually, um, they tried to kind of get away from this whole branding of murder and mayhem (laughs) so in 2011 the hotel was rebranded as stay on main in an effort to get away from its horrid past wow yeah i actually hate that they renamed it though because the cecile just has so much history and actually if you look at 
pictures of it now. Mm-hmm. It has like the stay on main sign, which is supposed to look like new and completely like distract you from the fact that it's a Cecile, but it still has the Cecile banners on the side of it. Yeah. So it's super confusing. And they're like super janky, like paint, like peeling paint, like yeah. really gross. And then it's like this brand new, like. Some like stay orange, yeah, orange letter, like bubble letters, like stay on me. It just doesn't fit with any part of inside of the hotel. Like they could have named it so many things. <laughs> well, funny you say that because although they tried to rebrand, a man killed himself in one of the rooms in 2015. So it doesn't really seem like their rebrand is working. Yeah, yeah. I can't, can't really change that. No, sorry. And it was designated in 2017 as a historical landmark. Hmm. It's been closed since then for renovations. And from what I could find on the internet, it looks like they're going to turn it into like luxury micro apartments, which I think is just a really nice word for studio apartments. So they're not going to, it's not going to be a hotel open to the public anymore? Not that I saw, but I'm unsure because it's been closed for quite a few years now. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's a little bit of the solid history of the Cecile Hotel. Welcome to Ivy League Murders. Ah, the Ivy League. They are the eight most prestigious colleges in the nation. And as we've seen recently, people will do or pay anything to get their kids into them. When you hear Ivy League, what comes to mind? Is it the hallowed halls of education and tradition? Professors in tweed coats pontificating about Walt Whitman? Elitism? Finals clubs? What you probably don't think of is murder. On this podcast, we focus on cases affiliated with the Ivy League, exploring the darker side of higher education. What happens when genius becomes evil? We deep dive into the stories behind the picture-perfect Ivy Leaguers who appear to have everything and throw it all away. And for what? Love? Money? Obsession? My name is Sarah Alcorn. I'm a Harvard graduate, and I've been a private investigator since 1999. Join me and longtime crime diva, Laura McDonald, for Ivy League Murders. So I think we should get back to our main mystery, the main topic, Elisa Lamb. Okay, yeah. So now that everyone has an idea of where she was and the kind of place that the Cecile is. A virtual hellhole. Exactly. Just like Obi-Wan said. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Let's get into the mysterious death. So, as I said, Elisa arrived at the Cecile on January 26, 2013. She was originally supposed to stay in a shared room on the fifth floor with other people. However, her roommates complained about her odd behavior. Oh, wow. So the staff at the hotel moved her out of the room and into her own room after two days of staying in the shared room. So it's sort of like a hostile like environment well, and I part think, of this. Yeah, I think certain rooms, because there's also permanent residents who live here and right. were living there at the time she was there. Right. And there's, a, I think there's just kind of all different types of rooms at all different rates. Yeah, so from what I saw just looking up the hotel, there's rooms that have no bathrooms, and they have like a shared shared bathroom bathroom down the hall. Yeah, so there's a lot of that situation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, There's rooms that just have like private toilets. There's rooms that have private bathrooms in total. Yeah. 
Yeah. So there's a lot of different living situations here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she was originally probably to save money. I oh, mean, I'm we sure. all do it when we travel. So she was sharing a room with people who she had never met. And these people complained to the hotel about her, about her actions. They just said she was being odd. Oh, wow. That's the only description I could find online. So don't really know how she was being odd, but she was being strange. Okay. Which doesn't seem on character for her. Right. It sort of sets like a tone for her whole stay here, too. Exactly. So on January 31st, Elisa failed to check in with her parents. And remember, she was calling them every single day to make sure she was okay. Right. So she was also scheduled to check out of the Cecile Hotel and make her way to Santa Cruz. But she never checked out. (gasps) This is the point where people are starting to think that obviously something's wrong so the lambs wasted no time in contacting the la police and the police come they searched the premises of the cecile but they were unable to get a warrant to allow them to search every room okay because some of the rooms like i said had permanent residents and they couldn't just get a warrant without suspicion of fall play so just because this person lived in the hotel doesn't mean that gave the police the right to check which makes total sense right right So they searched the common area and even the rooftop with search dogs, but found no trace of Lisa. Okay. So she's just gone. She's gone. So in the days leading up to her disappearance, Elisa posted some odd posts. She had, I heard this in the documentary. I didn't find anything really about it in my research online, but in the documentary, it said that she had lost her phone and had borrowed a friend's at the time. She had also posted about how a couple of strange men had pursued her aggressively at a bar while she was out alone exploring the city, but nothing too out of the ordinary. I mean, men can be creepy all the time. Right. (laughs) I did read that. She had a whole post about creepers. Yeah. So hotel staff had said that they had seen her that day and that she was alone Katie Orphan, a manager of a bookstore in the neighborhood, is thought to be one of the last people to see her alive. And she is quoted as saying, she was very outgoing, very lively, and very friendly. Elisa had stopped in her bookstore that day to purchase gifts for her family. And uh, the bookstore manager says she was talking about what book she was getting and whether or not she was getting what she was getting would be too heavy for her to carry around as she traveled. And she also said that she definitely seemed that she had plans for returning back home to give all of these gifts to her family. All right. This is a very normal thing to do. She's sort of buying souvenirs. Exactly. And the bookstore manager doesn't find anything weird with her behavior or how she's acting or anything. Right. The LAPD were completely stunned about the case. So on February 14th, Remember, she goes missing January 31st. Oh, okay. So this is 15 days. Yes. So they released, the police released a CCTV video. I just got goosebumps just saying that. Of Elisa taken from inside an elevator in the Cecile Hotel, which in my opinion just complicated things even more. Have you seen the video? I know you've seen the video. Well, I was going to say, if anyone listening to this has not watched this video, stop this podcast and watch this video. We'll wait. Go ahead. We will wait. Go watch it right now. Just search Elisa Lamb video. Video. Mm -hmm. It will come up. I can't tell you how many times I've replayed this video 
over and over, just trying to find any clue at all, even mimicking what she's doing to yeah. try to mentally see like what she was thinking or what she was doing. Yes. It's insane. I honestly, I'm right there with you. When I was looking this up, I probably watched it, mm-hmm. conservatively speaking, 40 times. Yeah. And I remember when this first happened, too, mm-hmm. because yeah. when it happened, I was a I was a college student. I was right. 2013. I it was my senior year. Yeah. And I remember the headlines and stuff about this happening. And I remember seeing that video and just replaying it over and over and over and over and just being like, what? It really became like a point of obsession for mm-hmm. pretty much the whole country. Yeah. I want to kind of like explain to people what she what the video is. So what she does is she gets into the elevator, right? So she presses a bunch of buttons in while she's standing in the elevator and the elevator doors just don't close. Right. Which is weird. Right. Very weird. So she walks up to the door. She sticks her head out. She looks from side to side, almost as if she's playing hide and seek with somebody. And like this whole her whole interaction to me kind of seems like she's playing. It's very playful. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like popping in and out and yeah, it's very jaunty, very playful, very strange to watch. Yeah, so she gets back in. She hides in the corner of the elevator. This video is two, what, two minutes and yeah, 26 seconds. About. The elevator doors never close. She peeks out again, and then she, like, jumps out of the elevator, like I said, almost as if she's playing with somebody. She goes back in the elevator, presses more buttons, elevators still stays open the weirdest part of this video is when she goes outside of the elevator and she starts to make really weird hand gestures yes i want to talk about this a lot Mm -hmm. what happens here what what do you think it looks like to you because i know what it looked to me what it kind of looks like okay so there's this point where she's sort of standing towards like the right side of the elevator door yeah she's like almost if she's facing something yes so she well she jumps out of the door yeah towards like the right Mm -hmm. kind of like steps weirdly to the left Mm -hmm. jumps back in the elevator steps back out of the elevator and then stands to the left where we can really only see like sort of the right side of her head and her hand Mm -hmm. it looks to me like either she's covering her eyes she's pulling at her hair yeah, her hands kind of look like they're on top of her head yeah, or something. We, yeah, we can see like her elbow come up and we can see her elbow and she's doing something with her hand near her face or head. Mm-hmm. And then she turns to her right mm-hmm. and then it looks 100,000% like she is trying to convince something or someone mm-hmm. to go away from her. So to me, it looks like it looks like she's petting the air. Oh, yeah. Her fingers are like fully extended yeah and i read somewhere that she was double jointed okay that makes sense because her movements in this her fingers are like they're very very extensive so it kind of looks like she's petting the air and then after she does the whole petting thing it looks like she's counting something off in her hand like going like number one number two like facing someone at least that's in my many viewings of the, the video that's what I think she's doing. Hey, I'm here for it because I can't make any sense of it. Whether or not she's talking to someone or ghost, whatever, we don't really know. Right. But it's very, 
very creepy. It's haunting to watch. Yeah. The way her hands move, mm-hmm. like her body, and she kind of like does these weird little like bounces where she like bends at the knees and like her wrists are going all over the place. Yeah. It's almost like otherworldly, like a weird, I don't want to say possession look, but mm-hmm. she has that that look to her where her body just seems it's, like it's moving yeah. without her control. She's not moving in a way that someone who is acting normal would be moving. A hundred percent. So the the total video is two minutes and 26 seconds long. So after she does the weird hand motions, she kind of just walks to the left. So out of the frame and then you don't see anything because she's gone. Yes. And then the doors close. Yes. The minute she leaves, the doors close. It's so weird to me that this whole time when she's in the elevator and going outside the elevator and the whole hand gestures thing, the elevator's open the entire time, almost as if, and it's the camera from the inside of the elevator. Right. So if the doors that at any point had closed while she was outside doing her hand motions, that footage would have been cut off. But for some reason, the doors just stay open. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I have been getting on elevators before and they try to fucking yeah. close on me. Every every day. So <laughs> I don't understand what's going on with this elevator. I don't either. Either it's very polite or the mm-hmm. elevators I've been getting on are very rude. Either way, it's it's very weird. So five days after the video is released, on February 19th, guests staying at the hotel start to complain about the water. Oh, God. So guests at the hotel say that the water pressure was low, that it tasted funny, and it smelled funny, Uh. and that it would appear black when first turned on. A horror movie. This is a moment from a horror movie. Yes. If you're keeping track, this is now 20 days she has been missing. Mm -hmm. So hotel maintenance worker, Santiago Lopez decides to go up to the roof to investigate the cisterns holding the hotel's water. And so he opens one of the tanks and he finds the naked body of Elisa Lamb floating face up. I am... This is disgusting. Yeah. This is terrible and sad and disgusting and people were drinking water. Yeah. Infused with her body. I can't... I can't even... In order to remove... Lisa's body the tank was drained and since the opening at the very top I mean it was big enough for a person to get in right not big enough to retrieve her so they had to cut the tank open to get her out so on February 21st her death was ruled an accidental drowning the full report stated that her body had been found naked Clothing that was similar to what she was wearing in the video released was found floating in the tank with her. And it was coated with a sand rock like particle, which okay. was conducive to the sand rock floor of the roof. So the okay. roof was kind of like sandy had rock. It was the same same material that was on her clothes. Okay. Almost as if she or someone had stripped her clothes first outside of the tank, carried them and went in the tank with her okay her watch and her room key were also found in the tank with her her phone was not and it's never been recovered yeah no one knows where her phone is which is strange because you can track phones yeah so 
Her body was moderately decomposed and bloated from having been sitting in water for about three weeks. So forensics at this point is very limited. There was no evidence of trauma, no evidence of sexual assaults or suicide. So the toxicology report was deemed incomplete because there was not enough of her blood well well preserved to do a full testing because she had been in a tank of water for three weeks. Yeah, I had read that they had to actually cut her heart open and take blood out of her her heart heart. because Mm -hmm. that was the best well-preserved. Yeah. So Elisa was prescribed four medications, Welbutrin, Lamictal, Seroquel, and Effexor to treat her disorders. And traces of these drugs were found along with non-prescription drugs such as Cinetab, which is just a decongestant, and ibuprofen. There was also a small quantity of alcohol, about 0.02 grams, was present. So I actually got a hold of her toxicology report. Did you read it? Yeah, I read it. Yeah, so they said in there that basically the amount of alcohol that was in her body is just the amount of alcohol that like your gallbladder should have in it to sort of like... Function. Yeah, like the bile will go in your stomach and it'll like decompose digest yeah. your food so basically we all have that amount of alcohol in our yeah, bodies so she wasn't drunk she didn't have no at this point and she wasn't drunk so she also they didn't find any recreational drugs in her system which is important to call out yes so while traces of her typical meds were found in her blood it was found that there were certain prescriptions that were found less present than others So this led people to believe that she hadn't been exactly taking all of her prescribed meds that day. So here's what we can conclude from her toxicology report. So Elisa had taken one antidepressant that day. She had taken her second antidepressant and mood stabilizer recently, but not that day. She had not taken her antipsychotic recently. And actually... She hadn't, in her blood, she hadn't taken it for a while, her antipsychotic. That seems like a really important one to take. Yeah. And she had no alcohol or common illegal drugs in her system. So like I said, her death was ruled an accidental drowning with bipolar listed as a contributing factor. This is a quote. So according to Mayo Clinic, A person with bipolar disorder who is experiencing a manic episode may experience euphoria and have a diminished ability to make healthy decisions. Mania can also lead to psychosis, hallmarked by hallucinations, delusions, and even strange body movements as seen in the video. So that kind of explains away what's happening here. It does, but... Elisa's family said she had never experienced an episode like this or just one in which she had hallucinated or done crazy shit like crawling into a cistern. Right. And if we remember, she was pretty open about her mental illness on her blog and she never talked about hallucinations. She never talked about doing any of this wacky stuff. Right. And I mean, she was pretty open about it. Yeah. So I feel like she would note in there that she had a hallucination. And if you remember from before, the bookstore manager said she was in good spirits earlier that day as well. Oh, yeah. So she 
Yeah. So this is totally like out of character for her. None of this makes sense. Right. And the autopsy report had, well, the autopsy report's been questioned heavily. It doesn't provide results of a rape kit or a fingernail kit. Okay. So that's a problem. Right. So it says that they had done a rape kit, but they never had it analyzed. Unfortunately, it seems like that happens a lot just in like everyday life, pretty much. Yeah. And however, there are records that there was a pooling of blood in her anal area. But one pathologist stated that it could have just been a result from the bloating. That's just pure medical opinion. I mean, I guess it could be either way. You know, you get certain doctors say... I mean, it's a medical opinion, so right. it could have, nobody really knows if that's... So it'll it'll vary from doctor to doctor, basically. Right. And many people also question how Elisa was able to get on the roof in the first place. The doors to the roof are locked, and only hotel personnel have keys and passcodes. And also, the there's an alarm in place for when the doors opened, but... This was actually debunked by a man who decided to do his own investigation. Okay. So he went to the Cecile Hotel and he was easily able to reach the roof by the fire escape. Oh, okay. And he has video footage of this, Uh like him actually climbing and being up there on the roof. And scary enough, two of the lids on the water tanks are open in the video when he's doing it. Oh, wow. So it's kind of safe to assume that the lid that she climbed through was also open. Right. And I also, in the documentary that I watched, it said that this was less than 30 days after she had, they had found her body. Interesting. So the Cecile hotel was just given zero fucks. Apparently seems like it. So I think it's also important to point out. I found this info in a separate article. Police officer had come out after the fact and the article was like new evidence on the Elisa Lamb case. But it was really just so a police dog had actually found a trace of Elisa's scent at a window leading to a fire escape. Oh, I also saw this. But at the time, they didn't really think anything of it because, I mean, they when they did the like search for her, they weren't expecting her to be in the water tank. So they kind of just brushed it aside I actually have his quote. You do? I do. Can I read it? Oh, yes. Read it. Okay. So this is now retired LAPD homicide detective Greg Kading. So he was interviewed on this show called Real Life Nightmare. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen it? No. It's amazing and horrifying. (gasps) And it's about basically a lot of murder. Okay. You would like it. (laughs) So he's quoted as saying, most people don't know that there was an alert. The dog did go down a hallway and alert at the window and that window leads directly out to the fire escape. However, the dog lost the scent. Mm -hmm. There was at least an initial indication that she had gone down the hallway and went out this window onto the fire escape. So fire escape is a strong possibility for how she got up there. Um, I'd also like to point out that the size of the tanks are, they're four feet wide and eight feet tall. And Elisa was five foot five. Oh, okay. So once she's in there, yeah, she, there's absolutely no way of getting out of there. No, no way. Unless the water is like right at the top. But do we know how full it was? They said it was, um, I, I can't remember exactly how much, but they said that because there's a theory that the lid was found on. Okay. 
but the guy who found her can't, he doesn't remember if it was on or off. So if the lid were on, the whole possibility of somebody putting in her, putting her in there is strong because how would she get the lid back on? Because I think they said the water was, I'm picturing it half. For I some think it reason. was half. I think it, it. I know it definitely wasn't enough for her to reach the top. Okay, that's the conclusion that I'm trying to come yeah. to here. Well, I read somewhere that there's like a little closure that so it's like the lid closes, but then it like yeah. kind of snaps, like locks shut. Mm. So I did read that the little closure was open, but the lid was closed. Yeah, and I yeah I read um. Which take this as you will, because I found it on Reddit. So it's definitely not (laughs) fact. But there was this whole thing about how if she had been able to open the lid. Yeah. Like people went and looked at like replacement lids for these things and how much they weighed. And they were like Mm -hmm. 65 pounds. And there was like a picture of like an old woman lifting it. Like so easy your grandma can lift it. (laughs) Like that sort of thing. So they say that she probably could have lifted it and then maybe yeah. well, I think that gravity kind of helped close yeah, it. Yeah, I think, and, and like I said, it's conflicting. Like some people say oh, it was totally. on, some people say it was off. But the theory with that is that if it was found on, her being able to close it while she was inside of it would have been oh, impossible. Okay, that makes because, sense. Because like she would have had been hanging from the top while pulling it you know because the water wasn't at the top she wasn't able to reach the top right it's you said it was eight feet tall yeah okay so she's way smaller yeah so that's the the theory that's the theory that if you want to go the route of she was murdered that lid being on there she would have had no way to put it back on but we don't really know if it was on or off but before we get into theories yeah i'm gonna let you tell us about all of those (laughs) okay there are so many theories here i went down a rabbit hole that led to a rabbit hole. So easy to do, it, especially <laughs> with this case. It was like 2 a.m. All the lights were off. I, my face was being lit by my laptop. My partner came out <laughs> of the always. bedroom and he's like, can you go to bed? And I slammed my whiskey down. And I was like, not now. <laughs> that did not happen. It did. I'm more into bourbons, not whiskeys. So close. But anyways, so... Yes, let's talk about theories of what happened because there are so many and some make sense to me and some are fucking off the wall, dude. (laughs) Okay, there's somewhat of like a cult following almost with this mystery. Mm -hmm. I mean, something about it, it just it kind of like captures your imagination and people just they go wild when they come up with theories. So the first theory is that she was murdered. Right. Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, if the lid was closed, there was probably someone that closed it. Yeah. Basically. So this whole theory of her possibly being murdered, like I said, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. In the video, she's looking out of the elevator. She yeah. looks kind of both directions. She's sort of looking to see like if someone is there. Yeah. As we mentioned earlier, she did write in her blog that she was having trouble with creepers, mm. as she put it, at the hotel and at the bar. Yeah. So this doesn't necessarily mean that she was like being stalked or followed or whatever. And it doesn't mean she was murdered. Obviously, no one was ever specifically suspected of. Yeah. Or tried for her murder. So I in in the documentary that I watched. okay, There was a quote from a detective. All right. I couldn't find 
anything about this online, which is why I, I didn't put it in my okay. part. But, but I think me, gossip. in the theories and conspiracy section, we should uh-huh. talk about it. Um, so in the documentary, it says that because the only video that's ever released is obviously the one of her in the elevator. Right. right. But the Cecile Hotel had other cameras. They didn't just have cameras in the elevators. I couldn't find any footage anywhere else in that hotel because they didn't release anything but that's insane to i know me. that is insane to me that's why it's and that's why it's so hard to make our own conclusions about what happened is because right. we don't have all the information but i also sorry just to finish the thought yeah here, i also feel like that also is a breeding ground for conspiracy theory oh, totally so they released one video which we'll talk about it was doctored dun, dun, dun. yes but yeah. they're not releasing Anything any of that else. footage from down the hall yeah. or any other right. cameras or right. anything. No one saw anything. Yeah, because the, in the video that they do show, it looks like she's talking to somebody right. in that hallway. But you can't see But you can't hallway. see that. And then they never showed any of the footage from that hallway. So maybe they just felt like it wasn't relevant. Who so knows? It's the most relevant. I know. But, but so there's... In the documentary, there's a detective, and he's quoted as saying there was another video of her. Okay. In the lobby of the hotel. All right. She had met with two men. (gasps) They handed her a white box, Hmm. and then they left. That's all I know. That's all from the documentary, which was kind of out there as it is. But I couldn't find anything about that online. So who knows if... It's real. If she did meet some men, then the, the whole murder theory becomes even more of a possibility. Wow. Thanks, Nicole. Now I have to move to L.A. <laughs> now I have to infiltrate the police department. I have to become a cop, which I think is super easy. It's like a four-hour class, and then like they give you a badge and a gun, I think. Yeah, they might give you the gun first, actually. I'm not sure. But anyways, I have to infiltrate the LAPD. I have to go into their cold case files yep. and I have to watch this video. Yep. And then you have to oh boy, leak it to all of us so we can all actively, as an internet community, solve this case. You know what? It's going to be a hard four weeks, but I think I can make it through. <laughs> I'm leaving for Ellie on Monday. All right. All right. Support you. Thank you. Should we talk about the next one that I think is crazy? Yes. Have you heard of the elevator game? Because this is the first time I ever heard of it. This is the first time I've heard of it. Yeah. But I'm familiar with it because of this. (laughs) I just heard tapping and we're in the haunted attic. I heard tapping too. Spooking me. Yeah. Um, Okay. The elevator game. So they say, I'm just going to gloss over this a little bit because I know you want to get into it more. Yes. Yes. They say when you return to your own dimension, Mm. you are disoriented. Yeah. Now, please tell us what I mean by that. Okay. So this is a wild, wild theory. But so what the elevator game is, it's a Korean game. And what you do is you play it by pressing a series of numbers in an elevator. So there's a certain, there's a... um, a pattern of numbers in like a, a sequence that yeah, you have to press. A sequence of numbers that you're supposed to press in this elevator. There's supposed to be a woman who enters on the fifth floor. You are not supposed to talk to her. And if all goes right with the game and the sequence and everything that you're doing, you'll be taken to the 10th floor 
which is in another world. Right. So you have to play it in a building that has at least 10 floors. Yeah. Which the Cecile has 10 floors. Yes. So perfect. And if anyone gets in along the way as you're doing it, you have to stop and start over. Like it's it can only be you doing the game. So to get back once you've gone in this other dimension, this other world, you have to press the buttons in a sort of sequence again, which in the video, yes, she goes to the elevator and does a sequence of button presses twice. She does it twice. She does it once. Yes. She looks out. Does, didn't work. Yes. She goes back in, presses it again. Yes. So in order to get back, if you press the buttons, it was the, the rules were very specific. You must check your surroundings to see if everything looks okay. What does she do? She yes. sticks her head out. She looks around almost as if she's checking her surroundings. So if you read the rules in conjunction with what she's doing in the elevator, it looks like she's playing the game. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. It's like an instructional video yeah. on how to get back. Exactly. It's it's very, very eerie. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So there's a couple flaws with this mm-hmm. to me. Is that I saw online, like, of course she played this game. It's Korean. Okay. Well, she's not Korean. She's not Korean. So I just want to put that out there. That there was a lot of explaining that away, which is sort of very annoying. People are fucking stupid. It's racist. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that was the case. I mean, so with this elevator game, supposedly. Maybe she never made it back from the dimension. Maybe she thought she didn't make it back. So, yeah, basically the way it works is you go to this other dimension and then you come back Mm -hmm. and in this other dimension, the world looks the same, Mm -hmm. but nothing is the same. Exactly. If you will. So maybe it's possible. Anything is possible with this case. That's the thing. This we're going to get into two other extremely strange ones (laughs) and then kind of come back to Earth a little bit. Okay. 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 So that's strange. Number one, this elevator Mm -hmm. multidimensional game. Right. Which also just a a little call out here. If you guys have played the elevator game or if you've heard of it or anything like that, please let us know because I am unlearned and I wish to be. I'm afraid of that. I don't even know if I want to do that. I would do it. I'm terrified of ghosts. And I'm terrified of like it's everything like in the world. Other dimension stuff. You want to mess with that? Yeah, I think I got nothing going on. Well, oh, wait, I have to go to LA on Monday. <laughs> yeah, you got to be a cop. Remember, All right, when so I get back. <laughs> when I get back. When I get back. Okay. 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 So this next one. Um, have you heard of, obviously, you know what tuberculosis is. Yes. Duh. Um, but have you heard of the Lamb Elisa test? Are you familiar with this at all? Not until I did my research on this case. Me either. So, hmm, what a strange name for a test, so, right? So, this this and the video to me are the two biggest WTF moments of this entire thing. This is a very big WTF, and I feel like I might have been on the dark web and I don't know. But the Lamb Elisa test, it's spelled identical to her name, Mm L-A-M-E-L-I-S-A. Yes. So this one test is very specific to a type of tuberculosis that's caused by a mycobacterium. A mycobacterium is basically, it's bacteria, right? It's just a very specific kind. And it enters your body through like a cut or like a tiny, like little 
opening in your body, which can be caused by an unsanitized needle, which is important because remember we're on skid row. Mm. Okay. So I'm not saying that there's uh, unsanitized needles being used, but I'm not not saying that. And the thought behind this one is that Elisa was specifically infected with this mycobacterium on purpose. Mm -hmm. Her naked body was dumped into this water cistern. And then she was meant to infect the people drinking and bathing in the water at the mm-hmm. Cecil Hotel. There was a very large outbreak of TB near the time of her death, but a postmortem showed that she didn't have tuberculosis. So that sort of eliminates it. I'm mm-hmm. not sure I subscribe to this theory that they're related, but what the fuck? How is there a test called her name? It's so so insane it's called lamb i just want to say it again it's called lamb elisa and her name is elisa it's lamb it's spelled exactly the same way yeah it's i'm shouting about this it's insane it's completely insane i so in the documentary that i watched they mentioned this but the documentary said it was a cult and that they were trying to infect people. I saw it was the government trying to infect well, people. Well, I've, I've also heard the whole bioterrorism thing. But, I mean, there really wasn't a leg to stand on. It just felt like the cult doing this was super conspiracy theorist-y. Um, so I don't think I subscribe to it either. But the whole thing with it being a cult was that this specific cult liked to give hints to about what they were doing so the fact that the lamb Alyssa test i'm rolling my eyes right now and she's Alyssa or lisa lamb right i get it yeah i get it for sure and i'm just gonna say it doesn't make any fucking sense huge huge coincidence it makes or it makes all the sense i don't know it's one of the two I just, I don't understand yeah. why it's called it's that. It's insane. It's not like an acronym for anything. No. It's so bizarre. Yeah. It's really important to drive home here. She didn't have tuberculosis. Right. Well, if you want to get into something very illogical and very inexplainable, mm. let's talk about the Invisible Light Agency. Yes. Yeah. So this one's super off the fucking wall. <laughs> and this one, after I researched this, I went to bed. Um, because... <laughs> This theory is that Elisa was murdered by a sniper outfitted with a prototype of an invisibility generator. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Like a gun that makes you invisible. Okay. Like someone shot a gun at her with some sort of invisibility ray and made her invisible. Okay. So some people out there in internet land believe that there was a government agent Mm-hmm. Or I've also seen a cult. Yeah, cults and occultists and government are all thrown in. Yeah, it's like pick thing. one. It's like right, whatever you want here. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah. So, so some believe that there was a government agent or a cult member or an occultist or something <laughs> who was sent to the Cecile to stalk and kill victims. Because it's like a seedy area. People die there. Yeah. People go mistaken. There's that whole yeah. less dead thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? With like sex workers and stuff. So no one will care or notice if these people go missing. Yeah. So I guess it is sort of the perfect place to make people disappear if you think about it. Right. But I, I don't think that 
I mean, anyone with a brain would totally see her as a tourist and not somebody who's in the area. And I don't think she would be a target. But anyways, carry on. That's true. Well, I mean, all this is very believable anyways. <laughs> so so this person of with an invisibility generator mm-hmm. type gun um, goes to the Cecile with the direct purpose of stalking and killing victims in an authorized test of this advanced technology. Hmm. And to make things more interesting, a couple weeks before her disappearance, Elisa mm-hmm. retweeted a HuffPost article about a Canadian company that claimed to have developed a, quote, invisibility cloak. I want to say something. Do it. Elisa was a huge Harry Potter fan. Yes. That's why she posted that. Not because of this agency. She was super psyched that an invisibility cloak might actually be happening. After her death, someone noticed on the internet, of course, that the Cecile Hotel shares a block with a company called the Invisible Light Agency. Hmm. This is a special effects company, and it has closed since then. But this company also wasn't like the company mentioned in the article. So really, it has absolutely nothing to do with this. So it's just another huge coincidence. Basically, but that's or kind of it? weird. Oh no. <laughs> it's just what wait, what's it called? Synchronicity. Where, thank you. Yeah. It's this, another synchronicity. It's, this whole thing is just full of synchronicities. Over and over and over. Mm. And it's so insane that it's making me feel insane. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's how conspiracy theories work. I think so too. Yeah. If we want to talk about one that's a little bit more believable, mm-hmm. let's get into the paranormal. Mm. Because I'm going to believe that there was a ghost there or a demon over um, a an occultist government agent shooting people with a beam of invisibility light. Yeah. So if you watch the video of her in the elevator, you will see sweet, sweet, poor Elisa hide in the corner of the elevator. Mm-hmm. She looks terrified. We won't get into it again because we we talked into it pretty pretty deeply Mm -hmm. a moment ago but i think what's really important to point out here is like you said the elevator door doesn't close yeah but it can be seen at the very beginning of the video it closes like an inch what and it opens yeah so How did i miss that and then it remains open for like the rest of the two minutes or whatever video So why? What could have caused this? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's almost as if something was like keeping the door open or triggering the sensor to hold it open. Yeah, I heard that or somebody was standing on the outside like repeatedly pressing the button, you know? Like you press the the up or down or whatever and the door is just stay. That could be. So I don't know. Whatever whatever is happening, we can't see it because we're yeah. out of frame or it's you can't see it. And the basically. police won't share that video with us. <clears throat> wait, just wait. Okay. <laughs> Give me one month. Okay. Okay. There is an unedited version of this yeah. video. Well, yeah. I say unedited with scare quotes. Yeah. Because if you watch this other video, the elevator, once she steps like away... Mm-hmm. it's seen going to all the floors that have the illuminated buttons mm-hmm. and it opens and closes just fine. If anything, it opens and closes kind of fast. In this oh, are video. you saying the video continues with 
the yeah. floor. So after she steps out of oh, frame. Oh, I did not see this video. Okay. There's this whole other video. We're going to get into it. I mean, the Cecile Hotel has quite a reputation for death. Many, many people have died gruesome deaths here. Right. I think the amount of murders and suicides just in the area alone has enough energy to house ghosts and evil energy for sure. Oh, for sure. And I I really don't think that it's like outlandish at all to assume Mm -mm. that it's haunted. You know, I believe in ghosts, Nicole. Yes. It's just feeling out of all the ridiculous things. It's feeling the most believable to me. Yeah. Ghost. Ghost kind of has a leg to stand on. I think so. Which is weird, but it does. And then the explanation that ties in mostly, like most closely with the official report is suicide. Yeah. She was found floating naked in the water of the cistern. Her clothes were with her. Her watch was with her. Her room key was with her. Did she get naked in there? Did she get naked before there? And like you said, throw her clothes in. I mean, her cell phone was never found, which is another thing that's just going to bother me, which we brought up also. Mm -hmm. But the coroner did list her death as an accidental drowning. Yeah. So they, the autopsy, they first ruled it an accident. Right. They crossed it out. Really? Then they put unknown. Really? And then they crossed that out. And then they put accidental. So they went back and forth. Which is another reason why the autopsy report is criticized so heavily. I promise to you, when I become an LAPD (laughs) officer. You will get all of the answers for us. I will photocopy her entire file. Good. And probably pictures of my butt, because that's what you do on a photocopy. And post it on Reddit? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna Deal. Get, I'm going to get deep into Reddit as an <laughs> LAPD infiltrator. So getting back to this whole theory here with mm-hmm. the suicide. I mean, like you said before, she had taken her prescribed stimulants, but she didn't take her stabilizers. Yeah, she was definitely off a couple of her meds. I mean, this could have led to like a, a manic episode, which you know, causes some bipolar sufferers to experience hallucinations or Mm -hmm. psychosis. And it seemed out of like the realm of normal for her. Yeah. But mental illness changes. It evolves. It's an ever, you know, changing, morphing being. And who knows? I mean, maybe if Elisa did have a manic episode, it's possible she thought someone was following her. And she had to escape somehow. So maybe she hid in this water tank for safety and she drowned. Well, I have a couple theories on that. Would you like to hear? I would love to. Okay. So there are a couple few weird things that I first want to point out about this case. Yes. So her body was found face up. Yes. If someone drowns, I would think they would be face down. Unless they were drowned. Unless they were drowned. Right. So just... I'm not I'm not trying to lead anyone here. I just want to point out a couple we're of just, weird things. We're just having a conversation here, people. Just a combo we're between just working friends. through this. We're just brainstorming. So another weird thing, like we mentioned, the elevator door never closed once in the two-minute video. It tried to close in the beginning. Right. And who knows? There are multiple that could be a faulty elevator. It could be a paranormal thing. Someone could have been standing on the outside of the elevator continuously pressing that button to keep it open 
we don't know. Right. We don't know. There are multiple things that could happen. The third thing is Lamb Alyssa. I don't even. I can't even. How in the fuck? It's just. That's it just, makes no fucking sense. That's the only way to explain that is how in the fuck. So that part of the whole thing, aside from the video, is the weirdest for me. And it's all just so coincidental. And like we said before, all of the synchronicities are just completely out of this world. It's like a fucking glitch in the matrix thing, dude. Yeah. It's like, okay, so, so like crazy. this whole like light, I'm going conspiracy fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. This whole like invisible light shit. I don't believe in that. No. no. But why was there a place called the Invisible Light Academy or yeah. the fuck it was called right next door? Right next door. Why is this task called the Lamalisa? And so there was actually another theory that her body was used as like a conduit for like to put into the water supply. So all of these people would get infected with tuberculosis. So they would need the test. So they would be able to charge more for the test. Right. Increase sales. And then pharma, am I right? Yeah. And then there was also the whole bioterrorism thing. Right. Cults and the occultists. All of that's just completely out of this world. But... I will say her movements in that video absolutely seemed manic to me. A hundred percent. It doesn't seem like she's, whatever she's doing, she doesn't seem like she's right in the head. I keep saying a hundred percent, but it's a hundred percent insane and it's driving me insane yeah. to watch her move and watch all like just these weird mannerisms she has with the way she like dips her body down and like, mm-hmm. it's like a it's like an intricate dance that I don't know. Yeah. It really bothers me. So all of these points that we've mentioned lead me in a couple of different directions. Okay. So let's discuss. So my first is the logical one. And it's that she was just off of her meds, right? It's it's the most She had an episode and, and who knows. And I think, so we talk a lot about energies and ghosts and paranormal things and certain places just being heavier than others right so the cecile is rich with activity we know that bad people murders suicides it's on skid row maybe the energy of this place led her into more of a manic hallucination with her being off her meds than she would have experienced had she been at home with her family in a place that she knows that she's comfortable. So maybe it was like a combination of those two things. Okay. So I just want to mention here that I fully believe in like this whole energy thing. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, I know you've like, you walk into a space and you're like, whoa, bad mojo. Yeah. You can sense it. A hundred thousand bajillion percent. I need to stop saying that every time (laughs) I say a hundred percent, I don't know, throw a rock in my mouth. But anyways, so I just feel like, you know how when you go on, this is like the way lesser degree of that, but when mm-hmm. you go on vacation, you don't sleep so great like the first night because yeah. like you're in a different room, yes. like the bed's not the same. On vacation. Yeah, it's kind of shit. It's yeah. just shit. So that coupled with her being alone for the first time, she's on a solo vacation. Right. She's not taking her medication for who knows what reason, the way that she's supposed to be taking it. She's getting kind of creeped out. She got kicked out of her room. Yeah. This place just has bad vibes. Yeah. I fully believe that. I don't know what it is about this hotel, but it's like a fucking portal to badness. Yeah. 
it's a bad, it's a bad place. So I think that there's a lot to that. You know, if you want to explain it away with saying she was off of her meds and she committed suicide or she accidentally drowned herself or it was sort of like at her own hands, if you will, it seems like there was a lot of like extra stuff outsider mm-hmm. influence just from being in a different headspace being in a different place i also think who knows because maybe she was playing the elevator game can can we please talk about this unedited video <laughs> yeah just to kind of wrap this whole yeah thing up here okay so there's which we're gonna watch after we record this because you need to see it because i'm screaming inside yeah so there's a video that well, in, in the video that was released, if you notice, the timestamp on the bottom left-hand corner. Yeah, it's all blurred out. and It's purposefully blurred. Yeah. The video was purposefully, like, slowed down. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was so that people could get a better look at her face and possibly identify her. Yeah. I th- that would be my guess as to why. I don't know, though. It could be. But if you watch it, you can sort of see the numbers move. And mm-hmm. there's an entire 54-second portion of this video completely yeah. cut out. Do you know what portion of the video is it when she's on the outside of the uh, elevator or is she on the inside? She's on the outside. So it's right after she steps away, which is what's so weird. So this unedited okay. one, you know, I'm scare quotes unedited because right. it is slightly yeah. edited. But it's much faster because it's in real yeah, time. Yeah, I, I watched that. I saw that. Right. So she steps away. You see Uh her like come off camera on the left and disappear. The video skips 54 seconds and then it continues for about a minute. Of her doing what? No, she's gone. So now at this point, the elevator doors close. Okay. And then it's going to different floors and it's opening and closing. So they didn't Hmm. bother to cut. If they had cut the whole end of it out. That would make sense to me. Right. But they cut 54 seconds and then they left in the portion where the elevator door is opening and closing on different floors. All the versions that I've seen, it ends when she walks away. Well, there's another version. Mm. And why? That's why do they pixelate and hide the timestamp at all? Yeah, that doesn't. Well, why? It doesn't say like it LA is, Police Department or anything. Why would they hide that information? This is just conspiracy corner here. Right. Why would they hide that information? Playing devil's advocate. At that point when they released it, it was still an ongoing investigation and it's technically police evidence. So whatever they cut out or whatever they hid was probably for that reason. That doesn't make any sense to me though. Why would they hide I mean, the time? Why would they hide the amount of minutes it took or the time of day? Yeah. Wouldn't that be beneficial? And then also on that note, every time Alyssa like moves her mouth in this video, her mouth is pixelated. You can't see what her mouth is doing. See, but the whole video to me just looked pixelated. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was two in the morning and I was drinking. And <laughs> I did read that, though. I did read that they pixelated her mouth. But to me, all every video that I watched, it was I mean, it's CCTV like, yeah, that footage isn't going to be like 4K HD you know? for sure. But I mean, again, just conspiracy corner over here. Do you want to hear a cute little fun fact? Yeah. OK, so American Horror Story. 
just totally switching gears here from conspiracy <laughs> angry corner to a little cute fun fact. Um, American Horror Story Season Hotel. Yeah. Did you see that one? Yes. It was based on the Cecile Hotel. Yeah, that's the season uh, with Lady Gaga. Yes. It is, it's kind of a meh season, but her performance was like... She can do no wrong. Amazing. She can do no wrong. Another fun fact. Ooh, love a fun fact. So the details of Lisa's death are also eerily similar to the plot of a 2005 movie called Dark Water. Dark Water. Have you seen it? No. I've seen it. Um, who's in it? Jennifer Connelly? Oh. From I Rec like Room her. for a Dream? Mm-hmm. She's like the mom. So... The film, it's an American remake of a 1996 Japanese short story. But Have you seen the Japanese short? I haven't. <gasps> Ooh, okay. No, but generally those are better than the American remake. So maybe I should. Absolutely. So the plot goes like this. It's a mother and a daughter and they move into a rundown apartment building. What? There's a dysfunctional elevator. What? Black water starts to come from the hotel's faucets. What? Which leads them to the roof in which they discover a body of a girl who has gone missing a year earlier in the water tanks. What? Yep. This is weird. Yeah. 2005. So this was before, way before Alyssa, Alisa came. That's really strange. Yeah. Eerily similar. Synchronicities. Life imitating art. This whole case bothers me. Yeah. But I think it's really important to, after I jumped off of Conspiracy Cliff, <laughs> to just say that this is a super scary, super strange sounding case, right? Yeah. You could go on for hours and hours about what, like, just anything could have possibly fucking happened. Mm-hmm. So it's really scary. It's really just horrific. But once you pick it apart, the base of this it's a girl that was alone yeah she was not taking her medicine properly and she died so what's scary is just honestly at like the brass tacks it's just a really heartbreakingly sad story yeah and she is a person and we do need to respect that and we can go wild with our conspiracies but i think that's the sad tragic truth of it all which as we've presented in this whole episode, there are many, many, many things that you can try to explain it away with. But when it comes down to it, I think that's that's what happened. And it's very sad it's for her and her sad. family because she had her whole life ahead of her. So, yeah. Anyways. Well, that was sad. <laughs> that was a terrible ending. It was sad. It just the whole thing makes me feel sad. Right. I don't know. I just I go crazy with the conspiracies and watching the video 45 times it's in a row. It's hard not to. But it just it makes me sad. Agreed. So, yeah. Well, um if you guys want to do some independent research or if you have a theory or anything yeah. like that, let us know. Um all of our sources will be provided along with Elisa's both of her social media accounts so if yes. you wanted to take a look at that. Maybe you'll find some solace in it. Maybe it'll help you. I mean, that's one of the better things that comes out of this. Yeah. I think. Oh, for sure. And it's it's really sweet to read. But if you haven't seen the video, we really, really just go fucking watch it, dude. Because mm. it's, it's a wild ride. 
And if you have a theory, let us know. Yeah. Email us. You can hit us up at quiteunusualpod at gmail.com. Hit us on the social medias. Just slippery slide into that DM. Um, Quite unusual pod on basically everything. And we have a Facebook group. We have a group now. So we can do a bunch of we could do a whole thread of conspiracy theories about uh, this if we all want to get into it well looks like i'm not doing any so. work tomorrow just doing that so yeah we're on the face page we're on the instagram we're on the twitter we're on facebook technically twice we have a page we have a group you can like us stuff. and join us Ooh, join us oh my god chant join us with me join, join us, us. And if you like what you heard, please, please, please rate, review, subscribe. Yes. Um, leave us a cute little review on Apple. We just got a really great one from Lucy. Shout out to Lucy in the UK. Woo-hoo. We'll send you a sticker if you review us. <gasps> Are we sending stickers? You said we would. I think we should. <laughs> okay, we'll send you a sticker and I will draw you a picture of Gary Busey. Last week it was you were going to forge... <laughs> Charles Manson's autograph. Oh, yeah. Now, this week, you will get sent a picture of Gary Busey. I will draw you a picture of Gary Busey, and we will send you a sticker sticker if you leave us a review. So just let us know. Reach out to us. Let us know that you did that. Yeah. And as always, remember to celebrate the strange. And keep it unusual. Bye. Bye.